Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Former Bill Center and NFL analyst Eric Wood joins Chopin the Bulldog every football Monday at 4 p.m. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. All right, welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday chugging along our final hour here this afternoon. And joining me on our Western Hotline, our final guest of the afternoon, Matt Verderam of Fansided, who is joining me, uh, who is uh, on the mend from the flu. I can uh, I can attest it has not been a great flu season for folks around here. Hope you're feeling better, buddy. I am. I uh, I woke up about ten minutes ago. From, Good for uh, you, buddy. Flu. So it's been uh, yeah. It's pretty much it's one of those sicknesses where I've lost track of what day it is. Yeah. You just sleep so much that at some point it doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, but after sleeping for about five straight days, yeah, they're starting to turn the corner. So thank you. Good for you, my friend. Uh, let's talk a little ball. Let's start with the Chiefs. Let's start kind of looking at the AFC as, I don't know, the Bills sort of muddle through the middle part of their schedule here. And, um, you know, there is a lot of injuries to be talked about with the Bills. But, you know, looking at the Chiefs and, and some of these other AFC, I would say, contenders, um, man, uh, if, if the Chiefs don't, secure the number one seed um they've got nobody to blame but themselves i mean i i would say outside of what the ravens and the dolphins are looking at the dolphins have a couple of tough games coming up here the chiefs just have such a cupcake schedule the rest of the way short of the Bengals, who i think are the biggest paper tiger in the afc i mean the broncos twice the texans a, i would say a good seahawks team not a great one and then you know the raiders <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to even make of that team but overall it feels like we're kind of on our way to the AFC running through, um, you know, Kansas City one more time. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, look, they had the Rams this weekend. The Rams are not even a football team. Yeah, Bryce Perkins. So what do you mean? He's he's going to be great. Right. I mean, the Chiefs the Chief should be able to essentially play their backups and win that game. If they can't, there's something wrong with them. But, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you look at the schedule, you know, Seattle, week 16, is, is it a game that you can't overlook, even though it's at Arrowhead? And then they – they do have the Bengals next weekend, which is usually the toughest game left on their schedule. God knows they're going to want revenge in that That's game right. after the AFC title game a year ago. Uh, but that won't be easy. Jamar Chase will probably play. We'll see if Mixon's back. Um, look, the question for me is going to be, do the Chiefs have to run the table or can they even lose a game? I mean, are the Bills going to run the table? Are the Ravens going to run the table? If either one of them loses a game and Kansas City can lose one, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, yes. If you, if you said to me who will be the one seed, I would think it would be Kansas City. Um, but we all know in the NFL that weird things happen. 
That's true. Um, I would say right now, obviously, the Bills have the tiebreaker. So if Kansas City loses one more and the Bills win out, that would ultimately you know, be the de facto Bills as the one seed. But I'm not maybe going to sleep. Part of having to win out would be beating the Miami Dolphins again head-to-head, which would then go to com- uh, would go to division record. And if the Bills win out, right. they should be there as well. But I would look at this and say – the Miami Dolphins definitely shouldn't be slept on. They play Houston this week, so I mean you can give them the win now, um, especially with Kyle Allen, a quarterback. Not really sure what to expect from Houston there. They shouldn't. They don't have Derek Stingley playing in that game. But the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins San Francisco test that's coming up next week might be like game of the year opportunity here. Obviously, Mike Medina going up against his former coach uh, and his former, uh, you know, his his. His former employer, San Francisco, those two offenses, how they're currently constructed, are there two maybe more potent passing offenses in the league than what we're seeing right now? And partially, I, I want to be careful. I, I know how Dolphins fans are very, uh, right now, are very sensitive about how you place Tua in the conversation of, you know, being a passenger in that offense. But it's a little bit more than what Jimmy G's doing, but it's not a lot more than what Jimmy G's doing. No, Dolphins fans are very touchy about Tua. I go on the radio down there every week, and it is you have to be very careful of how you word these things about Tua. I, he has had a very good year. At the same point, uh, you're right when you say, look, they don't ask him to do a ton. It's a lot of prepackaged, get the ball out of your hands, get it to Tyreek, get it to Jalen Waddle, and get out of the way, which, by the way, that's probably the smart thing to do. That's yeah. fine. Like, if that works – and it has worked, keep doing it. The Dolphins are going to win on Sunday. They're going to kill Houston. I'm more interested in the next three weeks for the Dolphins. It is a very tough three-game road trip. At the beginning of the year, I looked at the schedule, and I actually wrote one of my columns on FanSide that that is the toughest road trip in football this year. It's going to be the Niners, the Chargers, the Bills. We're going to find out a lot about the Dolphins in those three games. Yeah, I mean, you're starting to get into colder weather, and it's not going to matter the first two out west. It's going to matter in Buffalo. You got to go out and play a San Francisco team that I think is a top five team in the league. You're going to go play the Chargers, who are weird. They are weird. Who are going to be yeah. desperate to win that game? I mean, you're going to, one thing with the Chargers, anything's in play. They could win or lose that game by thirty points, and then you play Buffalo. I'm curious to see what happens with Miami. Those are three huge – if Miami even wins one of them, you're going to the playoffs. You win two of them, you might win the division. You win all three, you are going to win the division. I'm very curious to see how Miami plays. I think Miami is the biggest wild card in the AFC. I still think Kansas City and Buffalo are 1A, 1B, in whatever order you want to put them in the AFC. I think Miami is the team that they can lose to anybody in a playoff game because their defense is so bad. So bad. But yeah. they can also score 45 points in a playoff game and it could beat anyone. So they're very interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. I, that, that's the thing that I think will ultimately hold them back, which is crazy to me, is their defense. Because they yeah. they go out, they get Bradley Chubb, which is a nice addition. Uh, you know, Agba goes out, but, I mean, addition by subtraction sometimes. Agba has not really been good this year. Bradley Chubb's a nice addition. The linebackers aren't playing particularly well. They're not getting home with four, and they're not getting home with the blitz, which is they, which just something that's sort of been their calling card under Boyer as the defensive coordinator. But, like, I look at that defense and say – Okay, well, they've got Xavier Howard, and they've got, you know, like Holland's a great player as well, but how are they as bad as they've been? I mean, they are like ranked bottom seven in the league in, in total defense, and I don't know where they're getting better. And to your point, I, like the 49ers could absolutely put a 40 spot on that defense. They could. They absolutely could. I, you know, it's 
I think part of it is without Brian Flores, I think that defense lost a little bit of its juice. Uh, they've also had a ton of injuries. And they've been beat up, especially in the secondary all year long. Uh, but, look, I mean, that, that to me is the problem with the Dolphins come playoff time. Like, you've you got to stop somebody. I mean, you don't have to be a great defense. You've got to be a decent defense. You've got to at least be able to force three, four punts in the game, get off the field, you know, bow up in the red zone. I mean, they just they can't. They, they just give up tons of yards. I mean, even in this, in this past month, where they've been winning all these games, Chicago lit them up. Detroit oh, lit them up. Yeah. I mean, these teams, if, you know, I've watched every snap of every Dolphins game. I mean, they go up and down the field on the Dolphins. And it's just, hey, got to score, got to score, got to score. Well, when you play a Mahomes or a Burrow or an Allen in a playoff game and you're never doing anything but giving up seven points, like with all due respect to two in the Dolphins, Buffalo's defense, when healthy, is very good. Kansas City's defense is not Buffalo's defense, but it's it's average. I mean, they they will eventually stop them at some point. So that is the problem. That's a concern. I ha- like Baltimore. I have the complete opposite concern. Is that Baltimore yeah. score ten points in a playoff game? Yeah, right. But Miami, my concern is they'll score thirty and lose by fifteen. <laughs> so I mean that that's where you are with them. Yeah, and you know I I'm I'm kind of glad you brought up the like. I agree with you. They could absolutely score 30 and lose by 15, and that's sort of the conundrum that you have with them. But I, I also feel like with their offense, you're right. Like getting stops, uh, well, defensively getting stops against teams like the Chiefs and like the Bills and, and frankly, against like the Chargers. That's why I think that Chargers yeah. game is one I'm really circling because, you know, you talk about how maybe sensitive that, you know, Dolphins fans have been about Tua, and it's been a nice six-game stretch for Tua. Um, but to say that we've got a big enough sample size to say, like, that this guy's like, you know, I, I understand the overarching numbers and, and the efficiency numbers. They've been there. It's an efficient offense, but efficiency to me, Matt, is an offensive metric. And, like, I know, and so is completion percentage, right? We hear Trent Dilfer talk about that a lot when we were talking about Josh Allen. Um, and now that is gone much, much higher than it was when he was in college in his first couple of seasons, but yeah, like I, I look at that, and I even go back to the first Bills game, right? And and how they want to say that they held the Bills' offense, and and the Bills had Josh Allen had threw for the most yards he's ever thrown in for a game, and they beat themselves by not putting it away in the red zone. And to say that you know they stopped the Bills' offense, I think is at times kind of funny. I know that he threw sixty three times and a dink and dunk, but like, man, if if you are going to re- rely on teams beating themselves. Allen, Mahomes, like those guys have shown in the playoffs when the things when things get tight, that the experience matters. And that's the thing I think on the Dolphins where they might be a scary wild card team, but I, I don't I'm not all too scared about a team that has absolutely no playoff experience when you're going up against guys like Allen and Mahomes. And I feel the same way, by the way. It's not just the Dolphins I'm picking on. I feel the same way, Matt, about the Chargers, if they can get in, is that they just do not have the experience. The quarterbacks don't have the scar tissue of losing and understanding what it takes to win those games on the road in the playoffs in the cold. Like Herbert and Tua both lack that experience, and I think that will ultimately bloom large as well as both defenses not being able to stop a soul. Yeah. No, well, listen, the Chargers, I, I, I firmly believe that the Chargers, like, you just, you just hang around long enough and they'll beat themselves. Yeah, they'll right. do something yep. to just – to just absolutely blow up their own chances of winning a game, whether or not it's, it's turning the ball over or it's that defense getting – like, watching them last Sunday night against Kansas City, when they scored to go up by four points with a minute and 40 left, I immediately knew the game was over. Oh, the Chiefs were going to win the game. Yep, same. same. The, Chiefs, the Chiefs were going to get the ball back with 100 seconds, two timeouts, and Mahomes. That game was over. Over. 
The, the only question, and I mean this genuinely, that I had was, are the Chiefs going to leave them too much time? Like, are the Chiefs going to score in 40 seconds? <laughs> and are the Chargers going to get a minute? Seriously. Like, that's the only doubt I had. And they actually did leave them enough time to get the ball back. Then Herbert threw a pick, and now it's the end of the game. But it's, you know, there's a part of me, and I don't think it's going to happen because it would require Miami or the Chargers to win the division. I don't think I, the Chargers are not going to win the division. I do not think Miami will. I think Buffalo will find a way. But I'd love to see those two teams play each other in a playoff game. So would I. The, the comedy scale would be shattered because mm-hmm. somebody would blow it in, in an epic fashion. But I, I do. You mentioned one thing at the end, and I do think it's important. Those two teams. What does it look like in the cold? Yeah. Like, what does it yeah. look like in a game? in Kansas City or in Buffalo when it's 10 degrees out. Because those teams are used to it. Buffalo and Kansas City playing all the time. Like, what does Tua look like when it's 7 degrees outside? What does Herbert and that offense look like when it's 30-mile-an-hour winds and it's freezing? I mean, people overlook that stuff, but, like, it, it, it takes somebody that you know, take a buddy of yours from Florida mm-hmm. and bring him up to western New York and let him hang out with it for a day outside. You're going to handle that a hell of a lot better than your buddy is, who's not used to it. Like it, it does matter. People are human after all. No, that's right. And Matt Verter, I'm here, fan-sided on our Western Hotline. We're talking AFC. And, I mean, that's totally right. And, uh, you know, it leads me to wonder, and, and I'm, I want to ask you about the New York Jets, because what a week the New York Jets have had. Holy cow. Um, yeah. Like, they, the second... I don't even know what to make of that game. I did not watch enough of it because I kept looking at the score and I was like, okay, I'll just keep watching Red Zone. Red Zone hasn't flashed to the Jets-Patriots game one time. So why would I go to CBS and subject myself to a 3-3 football game? And then, you know, the the punt return happens. But I look at this and, Matt, I say, man, the decision that Robert Sala was facing on benching their number 2 overall pick from two years ago, I mean, couldn't have come to an easy conclusion, but I think you you end up taking team over the individual, and I think the right move was made. The problem is, Matt, I just, and now the reports about him having the yips, and, and like, I, I guess that's okay to report, and that like that's obviously coming from, from you know, Zach Wilson's camp and from his agent. Um I don't know what to make of him. Like, it sort of feels like his career not only in New York is over. He did not show me enough to even really be considered a depth player, a a, a high level or even median level backup quarterback in the league. That's how bad he has been for the New York Jets. Is it over? Like, in your estimation for Zach Wilson, or or do you believe that like, I guess if it is over, then they made the right choice. If he can't come back from being benched, and I know that a lot of people made that point, I also think that's a little overstated. A lot of people get benched and like it's just it's over because he's not good and it's not because of how he reacted right. to being benched, right. but it feels like it's over for him. No, it's over. It's over. I mean I look, first of all, Salah had to bench I was I was surprised at how many people were taken aback that Salah actually benched him. Listen, if you're Robert Sala, you're having a really good season and you are planning on being in that locker room for a long time. If you're him, if you're Salah and you're sitting there after that pressure you had on Monday about, well, you know, we've got to evaluate everything, you know that you've got to keep that room above all else. Well, Zach Wilson lost the room. I talked to former players throughout the, the course of Sunday into Monday and say, well, you know, what do you think? How would you do this? And every single one of them the same thing. What he said is worse than how he played. That's right. I agree with that. And, and, and so, you know, you knew, like, the players wanted him done. They wanted him on the bench. And if you're Salah and you want to keep that room, you've got to put him on the bench. And Salah did the smart thing. He did the right thing. 
look, is Mike White going to be better? I don't know. But he's not going to be worse. He's not going to be worse, right. He, I mean, you, you look at that stat line of Wilson's in New England. You see 77 yards, no picks. Man, if you watch that game, he could have easily thrown four to six interceptions. I mean, like right at guys, and they dropped the ball. So I think Salah made the right decision. I do think he's done there. Salah can say whatever he wants. Look, they, they, he's done there. They, they're going to eventually move on. I think this is very similar in a lot of ways uh, to the to the Dwayne Haskins situation where he was in Washington for two years. They moved on at the end of the second year. Haskins then went to Pittsburgh to compete for a job, and then, of course, tragically lost his life. But I think – I think with Wilson, it's similar in the sense of this is the end of his second year. I don't think there's a future in the place who drafted him. I think he'll eventually move on, and I think he'll eventually try to go somewhere and compete for a job. But I, 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 don't, I don't see him coming back and getting the starting job in New York. Yeah, I agree. And and you're right about Mike White. Like, there's no way it's worse. So I guess, you know, looking at the, how that looks over the next couple of weeks will be interesting for me um, because he's going to have an opportunity there. Like, listen, like, is there, if there isn't a collision course of Jimmy Garoppolo and the New York Jets, I don't know what – there's no such thing as a collision course then because right. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be in gangrene next year. They're not going to be in a position to draft somebody high um, in this upcoming draft. So, like, that that is happening. And obviously, you know, Michael Fleur's there, his former coach in San Francisco. Like, all the writing for me is on the wall there um in in New York but like yeah I mean Mike White is going to have an audition here and he's got a team where like is is Elijah Moore going to become an NFL receiver again where he gets more than like one target every three games I think the answer is yes um I I think I liked what I saw from Mike White in spurts last year and then he had the Bills game uh, against a really good hot defense I wasn't surprised that happened I mean they couldn't protect him this time around though is he does have protection Matt I mean that offensive line although it's makeshift and there's a lot of injuries on it they've played well um and he's got the weapons he's got two good tight ends he's got three good receivers it could really kind of go well for Mike White. I, uh, to your point, though, there's just no way it could go worse. If you're Mike White, your goal is not to turn the ball over. Your goal is just to simply move the offense, hand off to Robinson, throw the ball to the outside to Wilson, get, get the ball down the field slowly, surely, let the defense win the game. You know, really just manage. I mean, basically be Taylor Heineke. Like, yeah, manage right. the game. Just manage the football game. Don't make the killer mistakes that we saw out of Zach Wilson. And that, frankly, I think got him bets, even though he didn't throw a pick in that game. Technically, again, he should have thrown about a half dozen of them. So, you know, the Jets have a really good defense. And the Jets, you know, it's going to be interesting because they've got three home games left, including one this weekend. They've got to win them all. They've got the Bears. They've got the Lions. They've got Jacksonville. Can they win one road game? I mean, that, that to me is going to be the question with them. It's not going to be easy. They've got, they've got Minnesota. They've got the, the Bills. They've got the Dolphins. And it is escaping me who the other one is. There's another game on their schedule that is not easy. It's also on the road. So they're going to, they're going to have to find a way to win a road game. I mean, that, that's going to be the big challenge right. for the Jets uh, at Seattle. Seattle's in the road game. So, um, you know, look, can they do it? I don't know. But I think they have a better chance of Wilson on the bench than under center. Let me ask you one more thing, and I know you you brought up the the Baltimore Ravens, who I who I think still fly under the radar as this like, you know, kind of wild card in, in the true sense of the word. Right. I, I do wonder though; they're going to win that division. I think, um, right. short short of an implosion, they'll win that division. But ten points against a Carolina, a bad Carolina team. Um, 
I'm I'm starting to wonder like about the it's not merely this year that I'm wondering. I don't think that the that the Baltimore Ravens have the goods to go anywhere on the road in the playoffs and win a football game. So because of that, I'm sort of looking into next season and into the offseason. And I'm starting to wonder like, is there gonna be a come to Jesus moment with Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore Ravens team where Jackson sort of just says, like, listen, like I, first of all, the the whole contract situation has been an eye opener for me. Like he he doesn't have an agent, so that that negotiation stopped as soon as the season started. I got the feeling that that Lamar had a bit of a bad taste in his mouth, but you can see the relationship between he and Arba. They are close, those two. I don't think there's I don't think Matt there's a path forward for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore with Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator after this year, right? I mean, like there can't be. You know, that's a that's a tough one because. This reminds me of – bear with me for a second. This reminds me of when the Steelers had Roethlisberger over the last two years of his career. And I can't tell you how many times I had a Steelers fan say to me, well, if they just got rid of Matt Canada, then Ben Roethlisberger could throw the ball all over the yard again. It's like you understand that Matt Canada doesn't have a choice. Like, Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball over eight yards. It's over. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson is not physically limited like Big Ben was at the end. But I think because of the receivers that Baltimore either either has or does not have, like they're so limited throwing the ball outside that I think Lamar physically and, and mentally, like I think he's got the capability to throw the ball as well as most quarterbacks. So I don't think he's got Allen his arm or Mahomes his arm. But I mean, he's he's got a top tier athletic skill set and the IQ the football IQ part of it no problem they don't have the receivers like they could get rid of Greg Roman all they want if they don't bring in a guy who's better than Rashad Bateman they're not throwing the (laughs) ball like I don't care what they do at coordinator and so if I'm like if I'm Lamar and I'm sitting down to negotiate with them in the offseason I'm like look you got to go get me a receiver man I don't care what you have to do I don't care if you got to overpay somebody I don't care if you got to draft three of them in the first four rounds. Like, I can't do this anymore. I, mean, I don't have a Stephon Diggs. I don't have a Travis. Like, Mark Andrews is terrific, but he's not any of these guys. Like, you need to get me somebody. The problem with Baltimore is – Who wants to go there? What receiver it. wants to sign up for that? That's the problem. If, you're a, if you are Baltimore, nobody wants to go there and watch you run the ball 40 times, yeah. and that brings you back to Roman – but I think that that's the best way to utilize Lamar's skill set. As, as much as I do believe in him as a passer, he's infinitely more dangerous when he's running the ball because mm-hmm. of how athletic he is. So it's like, well, how do you, how do you middle that? I, look, the, the problem in, in, with the Ravens this year and going forward is I just think they're kind of stuck in a hard, between a rock and a hard place. They, they, I think, have the quarterback to throw it, but to utilize him the best that they can – you need to constantly utilize his legs as well, and that's going to keep receivers from wanting to go there because they don't want to watch him run the ball 20 times a game. What a conundrum that team is going to have, no doubt about it. Matt, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you joining me on your Saturday afternoon. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Great slate of football tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk again soon, my friend. Hey, sounds good. Thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.